Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. This is the fifth and final episode of the series on Bordeaux, and this episode focuses on sweet wine, particularly the very famous, historic, and prestigious wines of Sauternes and its uh, neighbouring commune of Barzac. But also looking in a little detail about the other sweet wines made in Bordeaux. So these wines are historically very important and used to be very expensive. Before World War II, the sweet wine of Bordeaux accounted for about 35% of all Bordeaux production, so a very significant amount. Now it's about 2%. So it is a category that has been in decline for a long time. And it has been a troublesome category as well. Because it was in decline, a lot of producers back in the 1960s didn't really focus on quality. They didn't think it was worth it. Uh, but since then, there has been a concerted attempt to um, revive quality. And the quality of Sauternes can be extremely high indeed. And it is one of the most famous sweet wine regions of the world, rivaling those of Germany or Tokai, though very different styles, which we'll look at in this episode. So although it is a small category, it's still an important one that needs to be studied. So the origins of uh, Sauternes and sweet Bordeaux go back probably to the 1660s, so a long history of over 300 years of sweet winemaking. Although the myth is that the owner of Chateau La Tour Blanche, a Sauterne producer, went to Germany in the 1830s, learned the secrets of Botrytis and came back, and he shared them with the owner of Chateau Diquem. Maybe there's some truth to that story, but that's certainly not where sweet wine production started in Sauterne. It dates back longer than that. And in 1816, the very sweet wines of Sauternes, um, Molieu, that's the term in French, and the long harvest required for those sweet wines are mentioned. And also triage, which is the practice of uh, several different pickings, so not picking all the grapes at the same time, was mentioned at Dicam in 1810. So the wines were already sweet by that point. But making a sweet wine from Petritus is a very difficult thing to do. That's why these wines are so prized. It takes real, uh, it takes great practice and great expertise. But also, what Petritus was doing to the grapes wasn't fully understood. It's just that they made sweet wine, and that that was it. But it's in the 19th century that Chateau de Cam, in particular, perfected the practice of making sweet wines from grapes affected with Botrytis. And they must have done so pretty quickly, if we believe the story that uh, they, they learned about the secrets of Botrytis in the 1830s. By 1855, with the classification which ranked all the best producers on the left bank, and most famously for the, the red wines of the Medoc, Chateau de Cam was the only premier cru superior of the sweet wines of Bordeaux. Still three categories for Sautern. The premier cru superior, which is Chateau de Cam, and then there's the premier cru, of which there are 12, and the deuxième cru, of which there are 15. So there are 27 producers classified. And this isn't a particularly important classification in the same way that um, the Medoc is. It is considered to be quite accurate, but it doesn't really affect prices too much, though Chateau de Cam obviously attracts very high prices. But Sauterne has really um, declined in price, whereas Red Bordeaux has gone up and up and up. Sauterne has stayed relatively steady, hasn't seen the huge increases in price, and that's because sweet wine is not as fashionable or popular as red wine. But nevertheless, the um, sweet white classification does provide a useful guide for the uh, quality of Sauterne. 
The great varieties of Sauterne are the same as the, the white varieties of a dry white wine, so Semillon, Sauvignon Blanc and Muscadel. But here Semillon becomes much more important than Sauvignon Blanc. So although in dry white wines, as I mentioned in the previous episode, have become much more influenced by Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon remains the dominant grape variety for sweet Bordeaux. And it can be about 80% of plantings on a typical estate. And it's very susceptible to noble rot, which is why it is so um, common for these styles of wines. And it really produces a fat, oily uh, waxiness to the the texture and the the structure and the aromas of the wine. Sauvignon Blanc um, is a grape variety which has higher yields, which means that if you actually look at the percentage of plantings, that doesn't always translate into the percentage of how much Sauvignon Blanc is going to be in the wine because um, higher yields than Semillon. But generally, it's going to be about twenty percent of the wine, and it attracts noble rot earlier than Semillon. Uh, which is quite useful in a difficult climate. And the high acidity gives the freshness to the wines. And then there's a little bit of muscadel, only up to 5%. And that's a difficult variety, but it does contribute aromatics. Not a particularly important variety, but it is there. And I mentioned yields with Sauvignon Blanc. The maximum yields um, in general for Sauterne is 25 hectolitres per hectare, so very um, low yields. And at Chateau du Quem, the average yield is about 9 hectolitres per hectare. And in general, the best properties are 10 to 15 hectolitres per hectare. So really low yields, indicating that these producers are really focused on quality rather than volume. And also that the noble rot really reduces the the juice that you're getting from the grapes, and so you're not going to get as much wine from it. This is a labour of love, and it's also why the wines are expensive. So the style of wine in Sauterne, it's not as sweet as Tokai or as Germany, but it is a richer and more alcoholic uh, style of sweet wine. And in fact, over the last 40 to 50 years, the wines have got sweeter going from 80 to 100 grams per litre of residual sugar to 120 to 160 grams, so getting a lot sweeter. And that's because of better vineyard practices, and also um, the use of yeast has developed a lot. But that sweetness in Sauterne, in Bordeaux, is balanced by alcohol rather than acidity. So these wines are not going to be as acidic as Riesling from Germany, for instance, in a Trockenbeeren Auschleser or from Tokai, which is made from ferment, another high acid grape. Another big difference between uh, sweet Bordeaux and, um, and sweet wine from Germany is the use of oak. So new oak is, is used. There has been a trend for less new oak over the last 20 years or so, which, which is a good thing. It makes the wines a bit more balanced and a bit more integrated. But still, you will get that spicy oakiness in Sauterne that you would not find in Germany. But like Germany and like Tokai, the wines are made from grapes affected by Botrytis, which, as I mentioned, has been around for centuries, though not always fully understood. And the harvest is protracted, so it's a long harvest which can last up to two months. And this involves the triage, so several tries through the, the vineyard, only picking the grapes when they are the, affected with the noble rot at exactly the right point. And this, of course, requires lots of experience, knowing when to pick those grapes, and also hand harvesting. These grapes cannot be mechanically harvested. So again, adding to the expense with expertise and labour. So the way that Botrytis works, or noble rot as it's also called, is that the grapes must be healthy and ripe when the rot affects them. The alternative to noble rot is grey rot, which will happen before the grapes are ripe and will stop the ripeness um, happening, and so that will really damage the harvest. 
but botrytis happens after the grapes are ripe and healthy and creates a mold which feeds on the water in the grapes and produce and that, that's why there's less juice and more sugar and so it really concentrates the sugars and that's why the wines are going to be sweet because there's so much sugar in the grapes they cannot be fermented to uh, complete dryness and the rot itself can't be tasted in the wine after fermentation and you don't have the presence of rot which is a good thing you don't want to taste rot in your wine but nevertheless there will be aromas created by botrytis like orange peel and marmalade tangerine and dried apricots it's a very distinctive aroma but botrytis does mean that the grapes have to be handled very carefully so you've got that careful picking in the vineyard and then in the winery there's a gentle pressing often with a basket press and there can be even be three presses and the third giving the richest juice and it's difficult for the um, the juice to ferment to complete dryness because of all that sugar that's been concentrated by the botrytis. So fermentation can stop naturally due to high sugar levels, and that's probably what you want um, to happen. So the minimum level of alcohol in Sauterne is 13%, so much higher than a Trockenbeerenhauslaser in Germany, which may be 6%, or even Tokai, which might be 12, 12.5%. Fermentation can also be stopped by centrifuge, by adding sulfur, which is a bit more controversial and can um, influence the aromas, or by lowering the temperatures and filtering the yeast out. And so the result in Sauternes is a rich, powerful, oily, viscous wine, um, high in alcohol for a sweet wine, so it can be as high as 14%. The grapes being picked with a potential alcohol of 21% on average, so impossible to ferment all that sugar to complete dryness, but still getting high alcohol and a lot of sweetness. And then the oak really influencing the style as well. Lots of different factors distinguishing Sauterne and Sweet Bordeaux from other sweet wines in France and Germany and Hungary and other regions. So where is Sauterne in the context of Bordeaux? All the sweet wines are centred around Sauterne by the river Garonne, and the, best, the most famous ones are on the left bank in the region of Grave. So Sauterne and then its communes such as Barzac. And then there are some actually on the right bank like Cadillac, very, very closely um, connected to each other, even though there's a river in between them. But it's a small region, and that means it's quite consistent in its style, uh, more so than Germany, and Betrises can be more consistent than in Germany. So thinking of Germany as a big country with lots of different regions producing different sweet wines, Sauterne is a small um, location within Bordeaux, and so a uh, more consistent style, more consistent Betrises, but there's still lots of vintage variation, as is the case across the board with Bordeaux. It's a very unpredictable uh, climate in Bordeaux. Another difference between uh, Sauterne and Germany is that Sauterne is known only for sweet wine, whereas Germany has a whole range of styles, and that, that means that German winemakers um, can fall back on drier styles of wine if Botrytis isn't fully developed, whereas it's more limited for Sauterne producers, although as I mentioned in the previous episode, uh, there is dry wine increasingly being made in Sauterne and a push to create a Sauterne sec appellation for the dry white wines. But still, Sauterne itself has to be sweet right now. There's another river in the region, which is the River Siron, and that brings um, cold water to the warmer, the warmer water of Garonne. And where they meet, there is a convection which produces mist. And so that's important for the development of noble rot. 
And that, but though the noble rot generally comes from damp conditions which are created by rainfall, and that's particularly important in October. So how much rain there is in October is really going to affect the harvest, health of the grapes, and also how much rot is developing. A little less rainfall is probably going to be a good thing because it um, allows those grapes to continue to uh, ripen and develop while the noble rot develops at the same time. And that's actually one of the reasons why the wines are getting sweeter and sweeter is because there is less rainfall in October. So Ten is also also located at a kink in the river Garonne, and that creates moisture which is lifted onto the hills of Sauterne uh, as condensation. So again, that aids the development of noble rot. So you've got all these different conditions created by the river, created by the, the damp climate of Bordeaux, which are ideal for the development of noble rot on a year-to-year basis, even though it doesn't happen all the time, but still more consistently than happens in Germany. But of course, it's a risk, because the damp climate across Bordeaux generally creates grey rot, which happens before the grapes get fully ripe. So it's a race for time to get the grapes ripe before the rot sets in. Um, so that's probably the most difficult and delicate element of Sauterne. When does the rot actually set in? Because it's some kind of rot, there's a good chance it's going to come at some point, but you want it to come at the right time. And what helps in um, Sauterne is that it's drier than the rest of Bordeaux because there are winds coming in from the east. So the grapes get ripe in September, and then the noble rot attacks the grapes quite early. So it's not a late harvest wine, unlike other sweet wines of the world. It's more about what happens in September and October, rolling around all the way into November. And harvesting these grapes is central to quality, and that has gone up in the last 20 to 30 years. So there's less substandard wine being made in Sauterne. So really knowing what's going on in the vineyard, how to look after the grapes and when to pick the grapes. Very, very important for this style of wine. Also, another big change is that yeasts are more efficient than they used to be, uh, largely thanks to Denis de Bourdieu, a very f- uh, important producer and winemaker who died uh, two or three years ago. Um, and he developed yeast which could really work with the sugar, so you could get more alcohol, more body, and um, also more sweetness at the same time, and also more consistency. And he also had a big influence on style with um, less oak being used or less new oak, less oxidation because the wines up until the 1980s could be overly oxidative and less brett and also picking earlier. So again, going back to that point that Sauterne is picked a bit earlier than other sweet wines often are because you can have a warm September and the rot developing in October. So those months of September and October, extremely important for the production of sweet wine in Bordeaux. There are 10 appellations for sweet wine in Bordeaux. The two most famous are Sauterne and Bazac. There's about 3,300 hectares of plantings for sweet wine, and two-thirds of those are Sauterne and Bazac. Uh, just to run through the other appellations, which are far less famous, besides Sauterne and Bazac, uh, there's Saron, Saint-Croix-du-Mont, Lupiac, Cariac, Premier Côte de Bordeaux, Grave Supérieur, Saint-Foix Bordeaux, Bordeaux Saint-Macaire and Bordeaux Supérieur. Most likely, if you go to a shop, it's Sauterne and Barzac that you're going to find. It's also possible that you might find some Cadillac as, as well, as a, a value alternative to those two expensive appellations. But the most famous of these, of course, is Sauterne, an appellation which lies within Grave. And this has fairly high hillside vineyards with gravel soils on, on a clay base, These soils trap the heat of the day from the sunshine. So these are really powerful wines, getting a really high level of ripeness. 
and there are five communes within Sotern. Sotern itself, Barzak, which can be labelled as, as its own appellation, and then Prañac, Bon, and Farg, which um, aren't labelled as their own appellation. And because of these um, warm soils and the sunshine, the grapes actually may ripen sufficiently on their own to produce a sweet wine if you wanted to produce a late harvest wine. But it's the noble rot which ensures the complexity, uh, concentrating the acidity and the sugar, more glycerol, and of course those aromatics. There are vintages when botrytis uh, doesn't happen, and it can be impossible to make good sweet wine. So, th- so in those instances, the grape was, grapes would go towards dry Bordeaux AC or dry Sauterne. It is also possible to chaptalize in Sauterne in those vintages where there isn't enough sugar in the grapes. And this will add sweetness to the wine, but it won't add complexity. And it's considered a rather lazy form of winemaking. Uh, Barzac is the, is the other commune in Sauterne which can be uh, labelled as its own thing. And this is flatter, gently sloping towards the river. And this has a loamy red soil on top, top of chalk, so quite distinctive from the gravel and clay of Sauterne and it produces more delicate and more sensual wines, if you like. So not like the, the, the fatter wines of Sauterne, that it can be quite difficult to distinguish between the two. And Barzac producers can use the Sauterne appellation as well if they want to, so they have that choice. And then some of the other less um, well-known appellations of Bordeaux for sweet wine, the Serron, which is directly north of Barzac. And this produces quite firm and wines with finesse, and the soils here are stony and flat. There's Lupiac, which is directly opposite Barzac on the other side of the Garonne, and this has a varied terrain as it moves away from the river, uh, going up uh, going up south-facing slopes, so you've got sunshine and humidity um, in perfect combination on the slopes, uh, but less well-known. The Saint-Croix-de-Mont, which has limestone slopes overlooking the Garonne, uh, produces rich and structured wines, and this has varied soils. Silt and clay over limestone on the plateau, clay and limestone on the slopes, gravel at the bottom. So Appalachians with a great deal of potential, but sweet wine just isn't popular enough for these wines to be as well known as they could be. Also, um, more more value wines as Cadillac and Premier Côte de Bordeaux. Uh, quality of Cadillac is higher than the broader region of the Côte, Premier Côte de Bordeaux, and the yields in Cadillac are 40 hectolitres per hectare, so much higher than Sautern, but Premier Côte de Bordeaux is 50 hectolitres per hectare. So that's pretty high for a sweet wine, and so the quality isn't going to be um, that exciting, but it is going to be cheaper. So within Sautern and Barzac, there are a number of very famous producers. Chateau de Cam is, of course, the most famous. This is the one that really pioneered high-quality sweet wine in Sautern in the 19th century and was considered in the classification of 1855 as in its own category as Premier Cru Superior and the greatest wine of Sauterne and still is. And um, Thomas Jefferson mentions it as far back as 1787. Now owned by LVMH, so Moet Hennessy Louis Vuitton, the chateau dates back to the 15th century. There's 100 hectares of plantings, 80% Simeon, producing about 8,000 cases a year, and these wines can be extremely expensive with three years barrel maturation in new oak. So iconic, actually not that hard to get hold of, but you need to have the money to do so. And these wines can age for a very, very long time. One thing I find interesting about Sautern is that although uh, production is so low at just 2% of all Bordeaux wine, and these wines are not bought as much as they used to be, and they haven't risen in price as much as uh, red Bordeaux, 
these top producers are owned by really big businesses, which means there's a lot of capital in Sotern, a lot of investment, which does mean that quality is extremely high. And so the focus has been on quality high-end wines, which is good news, rather than substandard basic Sotern. And this is maybe why some of the lesser appellations have been left behind and people don't know too much about them because there hasn't been that investment um, into them. But nevertheless, we have to ask the question, who buys Sotern, a rich, um, alcoholic, sweet wine? The answer, of course, is people like me and hopefully those of you who are listening. How does Sotern attract a broader audience? Uh, One answer is in food pairings. Sotern, like other sweet white wines, goes extremely well with a huge range of foods and particularly can appeal to um, the Asian market because it can go with really spicy food or those those, um, consumers who like Asian food. And that's a very difficult food wine pairing and Sotern can be a good answer to that. But of course, uh, cheese as well. So there's a lot um, lot of different food pairings and then trying to promote Sauterne as as pairing with, um, as a a starter and as a peritif, the first course with the main course, as well as with dessert and with spicy food and really encouraging people to experiment with Sauterne and the whole range of foods that it can go with. Of course, its reputation is extremely high and it can command quite high prices. Most obviously so for Chateau de Chem, but the first and second growths can command high prices as well. So there is some money there and the reputation is there. It's just a case of persuading people that these wines should still be consumed. And it's difficult, but I think producers there are hopeful because there is that money to invest. There's the money to market the wines. There's the money to um, ensure quality. And we're in a very food friendly culture. Nevertheless, I don't see Sauternes expanding too greatly in the future, but hopefully it can maintain its reputation and its place, and more wine lovers will appreciate it as much as they should. As for the other sweet wine appellations of Bordeaux, I don't really hold out much hope, but but still, there are producers making some good wine from those appellations, and definitely... and. And we should try and support them when we when we can. And maybe they can ride on the coattails of Sotern. We shall see. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew. And this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.